on today's episode, we are talking with our buddy, Hanana Zahir. She's the author of the flash fiction collection, Lovebirds. Welcome to episode 35 of The Chat Book. I'm your co-host, Noah Stetzer. And I'm Ross White. Noah and I are the directors and editors at Bull City Press, which publishes chapbooks and occasionally full-length books of fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. We started this podcast to celebrate our love of chapbooks, to go behind the scenes of the publishing process, and to highlight the folks who write chapbooks and the folks who make chapbooks. The world is collapsing around our ears, Ross. So I turned on the radio. <laughs> you have been saying this all week. You have been stiping out so hard. It's all the end week. of the world as we know it. Uh, yes, I know. And um, Swan Swan Hummingbird. Okay. Full disclosure we did an episode, what, two days ago yeah. with Hanana Zahir, our amazing guest today. And we, we botched it. We botched the audio. So. Listeners, there was so much brilliance that we have denied you and we're sorry, but we were like, we got to get some of that brilliance back and get it out to the public. So Hanana's here with us today. Noah, can you bio us up so we can get to the good stuff? Hanana Zahir has had work appear at Agni, Kenyon Review, Virginia Quarterly, McSweeney's Internet Tendency, The Cut, and plenty of other places. She is a recipient of scholarships and fellowships from the Swanee Writers Conference, from Virginia Center for the Creative Arts, and Rivendell Writers Colony. She is the founder of Dubai Literary Salon, a prose reading series, and is a fiction editor at Los Angeles Review. And her amazing chapbook of Flash is called Lovebirds, and it's out now from our very own Bull City Press. Be sure to go to the show notes for the full biography and for links. Welcome, Hanana. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here again, talking to the two of you. <laughs> for, for the second time in like four days. It's my luck. I'm happy to be here. Uh, well, you know what? What if I lied and the audio was fine, but we just wanted to get you back to hang out with you some more? That would make me feel amazing. So I think you should lie. That is, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. And we're going to drop two episodes at one. No, I wish we could. I wish we could. <laughs> the last time you were with us, we ended up talking about one of my, one of my favorite stories in Lovebirds, uh, Willow Tree Fever, because it was, yeah. it was sort of a late addition. But we've, we like to talk a lot about how people know they have a chapbook in the first place, right? You're, you're out there, you're writing tons of these little flash fiction pieces. Uh, you said last time that you, you were doing that sort of as a break from longer work. How did you know this was a chapbook and this wasn't going to turn into a, like a full length collection of flash? So that's an interesting question. It was very much a late night. I'm sitting around looking at considering my writing life and going, what am I doing here? As one does late at night. <laughs> As one does. I mean, this is like midnight musings. <laughs> and I opened this folder and I kind of started looking through, okay, well, this is published. This is not published. This is published. And then I put these things together in like a um, folder and I kind of went, huh, well, this is interesting. It's, you know, maybe I could do a chat. Like I've never thought about it. But maybe I could do a chapbook. And I was thinking at the time, maybe do a slightly longer collection. But I had also coincidentally been seeing a couple of calls for chapbooks out and it kind of just popped in my head. I was like, well, maybe. So then I tweeted out loud. I kind of said, uh, does anybody know where I submit fiction chapbooks? Like, is this a thing? And somebody 
tweeted back at me and said, well, Bull City does it. (laughs) And I was like, well, hello, Bull City then. So that's kind of it. I mean, it wasn't any more deliberate than that. It just kind of came together as I was looking at my work. Which is so interesting to me because as a collection, it feels so whole. Obviously, the stories take place in different locations, sometimes different realities. There's there's a couple of little dystopias hanging out in there. And yet they all feel very much like these are stories of a piece. You know, the thing is, so I actually am a big believer in having or recognizing concerns as a writer. I think a lot of times we can be deliberate about what we write, but I think as I've grown as a writer, I realize I have a few things, uh, my axe to grind, so to speak. And those are the things that keep popping up no matter what I try to do. So whether it's dystopian, whether it's realistic fiction, whether it's magical, it sort of starts hovering around very similar things. And so I, I think it's natural then that whatever you write, whether it's flash or longer work or whatever, it sort of will connect in some way. You know, the last time we talked, you uh, shared with us a little bit about your re- your revision process. And today's conversation brings me to this question, which is, as the chapbook was formulating, how much of what feels interconnected between the stories was the result of revision work that you did once you realized you saw this as, you know, as stories that were going to be in a collection together? Or, or you know, what, what did the revision look like? So I think the revision process, when I started looking at this as a potential book, was more in terms of seeing if I could create sort of a natural bridge between stories that would be, you know, because there is dystopian, there's a couple of dystopian stories, there's a couple, there's one that's magical realism kind of, and then there's a bunch of realistic stuff. And I was trying to see more in terms of arrangement or how it could flow from one to the next, or can we go from a world realistic world to a dystopian world or that kind of thing. So the revision was not so much uh, changing a lot of the individual stories, but their arrangement next to each other. Ross did give me a fantastic edit about the first story in the collection. As I am one to do, I'm a fantastic editor. <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch for this, having oh. taken your advice. <laughs> uh, but he he picked a he picked a moment in that first story, and I had a phrase there, and he kind of said, "I want you to push at this. Like, there's something here that's going to connect the entire everything that you have that comes after." kind of can, you know, bounce off of this. Uh, and I think it took a couple of back and forths and I was kind of like, what is he even talking about? And then... That's how most people encounter me as an editor. They're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> but when it hit, it hit. All of a sudden, it was sort of like this, you know, the sky cracked and I went, oh my God, yes, exactly. Uh, so then I added a couple of lines in there. It's about sort of the breaking of bonds and how heat breaks bonds. And it just made sense. And then that was the thing that I then started seeing as the connection or the link between everything that came after. Well, and I was so terrified to edit your book. Obviously, I'm a poet. I'm not a fiction writer. I've edited a couple fiction collections before this one. But that sort of localized concern, you know, I think everybody should have poets looking at their flash fiction being like, let's talk about this sentence. I agree. I think, I mean, and especially for flash, I know we mentioned this in the last interview that unfortunately nobody will hear, but uh, language is such a concern for 
flash fiction, the compression, which maybe not as much as poetry, but it is. And especially for me, I think it became a big concern. So I was grateful for that edit, that note. I think it would be great to hear something from Lovebirds, if you'd be so kind as to share something from the collection that folks that don't know your work would be able to hear in today's episode. Well, I'm happy to. This, I do try to write happier stuff, I promise. So if this is the first time you're hearing my work, I'm a generally happy person. Um, With that with that lead in. Um, so this story is called Things I Say to My Son While He Sleeps. And I do have two boys. It was an interesting experience, both reading this and uh, writing it. Things I Say to My Son While He Sleeps. If you end up breaking your promise and climbing out the window into the alley and meeting those boys whose beards are nearing manhood and whose angry eyes pick at my body, I know they see a useless woman, a crumbling moral life, no man to protect me, and who slip you into the dark mouth of the old internet cafe down in Johar Town, and who won't let you smoke, though I am grateful to them for this, with whom your eyes sharpen when you tell them you want to be pure, and when they pat your shoulders and say, you are doing Allah's work, brother, and who give you advice on how to bow when you pray and hand you a gun, and tell you, your father is probably in hell. So listen, he was a good man no matter what he did. It is not a sin to work at a bookstore when you have four mouths to feed, even when books have things that are shameful and you have to listen. He was not spreading immorality, son. He was keeping you alive. If they find you battles to fight, tell you all the things wrong with the doctor's family you've lived next door to your entire life, whose mother carried you when you were little, whose children you played with, who was the first to run to your father when he lay bleeding in the street. Remember, he steadied your hand over your father's chest, showed you how to keep the blood inside. But whose daughter steps out of her house without covering her head. And if little fires of shame burn inside you for knowing them, and because you see my head uncovered in the market too, and those boys tell you that the entire neighborhood is watching you share your wall with the gaffer, that your father died not because of the bullet, but because he was sin, and because an unholy hand touched him at the end, and if they burn enough of your heart that it scatters like cinder, and if you find yourself bold in the moonlight, and your feet are steady on the brick along our street, and even before the chimney smoke has died down in our house, even before your brothers have gone to sleep, already you can feel yourself a man, the kind of man who wants to clean all the sin from his blood, who will be wrapped in coldness at the kitchen table in the morning, the kind of man who will always find purpose in erasure who tells himself he will never bear the insult of a blasphemer's existence on Allah's earth. If those boys' words are the beat of your steps, if your hand is bold enough to ring the doorbell, knowing I am waiting for you just a few feet away, knowing your brothers are looking for you, like you used to look for your father, and if you stand at that door, waiting for it to open, and if your fingers are just a little numb around the gun, And if you shift your feet, and if you feel as if there are a million eyes on your back, but you feel alive, more alive than you have ever felt, forgetting 
that your existence is the purest thing there can be. Turn the gun to your own head, son, and shoot. This is a remarkable piece of writing, Hanana, and thank you so much for sharing it. And, and I've been lucky enough to hear you read this more than once, not just here on the podcast, but in readings that I've attended on Zoom. It, 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 it just, every time I hear it, it is so full of energy and the tension continues to ratchet as you go down the page. And, and something that readers will recognize once they see it is that it's all one sentence. And it has that, you know, Ross made a, a comment about poets <laughs> editing Flash. You know, that's something I, I immediately gravitated towards when I saw this piece. And congratulations. It's just a remarkable piece of writing. And you know, both sons are going to come to you in their 20s and be like, did you really say that to me while I was asleep, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> They've actually both been in the room the first time I read that out loud. Wow. Yeah, it was that was quite the experience. Yeah, enjoy your therapy bills. <laughs> I do tell them this. I, I tell them, like, you know, my job as a parent to do all the things. And then your job later in life is to go get therapy. It's kind of <laughs> so, Hanana, it is time for the quick round where we're going to ask you five quick questions. We're going to get your quick answers to them. Let's jump right in. Question number one socks or shoes? Okay. Do you put on both socks and then the shoes, or do you do sock, then shoe, then sock, then shoe? Uh, both socks and shoes in order. <laughs> okay, we we always ask that question because Noah does shoes then socks. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> All right, question number two. Tell us one secret about your chapbook. I don't actually love one of the stories. <gasps> Nice. Don't, don't tell us which one. It yeah. would I'm not me. going to. I would never. I would never. <laughs> awesome. But there's one story I just struggle with every time I read it because I'm like, maybe I don't like the character. I don't know. But there is one. That's awesome. Number three, who is an author that maybe isn't very well known that you hope everybody will read? Oh, there, there is a um, Japanese author called Sayaka Murata who I am obsessed with, and I hope everybody reads her work. I love that. This is one of my favorite questions. Give us one piece of bad writing advice. Yeah, ruin some careers with some terrible <laughs> writing advice. Go with your inspiration. The first draft you write is the most original <laughs> thing that'll come out of you. <laughs> Yeah, Ouch. target destroyed. <laughs> you have ruined some writing careers right there. Uh, cool. Question number five, where can listeners find you online? I am on Instagram and Twitter, both uh, Hanana Zahir and uh, HananaZahir.com is my website. So just type your name and you'll be there. Just type my name and I'll be there. I hate, you know, Google me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, you can find those links in our show notes for today's episode. If you've already subscribed to the chat book, be sure to tell all your friends. Let them know we're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and all other major pod places and tell them to subscribe. If you have a moment, let us know what you think. Rate us five stars. And if you have an idea for an episode or anything you want to know about with respect to chat books, send that to our email. We're at chatbook at bullcitypress.com. 
The best way to find out what we're up to is to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bull City Press or visit our website at BullCityPress.com. You can find out more about me on Twitter. I'm at DC Noah. And I'm kind of taking a Twitter break right now. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Anana. Thank you so much. 